Hey, y'all. Welcome to uh, Secretly Timid Talking About Mad Men. Um, I'm Nan. I quit Secretly Timid in like 2016, and I'm with Brian. Hi, I'm Brian. And Brian quit Secretly Timid probably right around the same time that I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we used to be on secretly timid and we used to also do Mad Men recaps and we, um, well, I should say Brian realized the other day that we never did one for the last episode of Mad Men. So here we are, uh, randomly doing, um, a recap episode of the last episode of Mad Men. Like five years later. Like five years later. Everybody's been waiting to hear what we thought about it. (laughs) Um, you know, I'm sure I'm sure John will be very excited that we finally got around to this. Yeah, he, he seemed he seemed <laughs> super excited, <laughs> really, really into the idea. <laughs> um, uh, cool. Well, uh, in that case, so this um, this is uh, person to person. Yes, person season, to person. Season seven, episode fourteen. Um, which, and it's oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it starts with Don in California having uh, been driving for three episodes. He <laughs> finally has made it to the edge of the world, which is California. Um, and uh, he's racing cars. Yes, we see like the very opening shot is him racing a car across sort of like this flat desert, I guess, Death Valley-ish. Sure. I don't know. Um, but, uh, and he's hanging out with some kids who are, I guess, building race cars. Um, he always and, finds the sketchiest people <laughs> to hang yeah, out with. <laughs> it's funny because there's a part, like it doesn't end up happening, but there is definitely a moment where he's drunk in his hotel room after he finds out from Sally that Betty is dying and they come in and I definitely like it had that creepy vibe that they often build into things where it felt like maybe because he was drunk, they were going to bang him over the head and steal all his money or something. Um, so yeah, he does have a tendency to like be this risk taker and just sort of like throw caution to the wind and go hang out with, uh, super sketchy folks to escape, um, sort of that, I think creeping sense of, uh, of not knowing who he is. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we see, uh, pretty soon after the episode starts, um, we see, well, Roger is in his, uh, office with his two secretaries. Um, he's been kind enough to keep Don's secretary on cause Don had just like left work without any word of where he was going or without quitting. And so, um, Roger has been trying to like help Don's secretary stay employed by having her and his other secretary take care of him. But he finally has to let her go. Um, right. Poor, poor Meredith. <laughs> I love how she's like, is he dead? And then um, <laughs> she says, uh, he's like, no, but we don't know where he is and we don't know when he's going back. And then she says, well, I hope he's in a better place. And Roger's like, he's not dead. And she's like, there are better places than here. <laughs> there are a lot of better places than here. Yeah, and I love that line. Like that kind of comes up a couple times in the episode, sort of like some of the people in this, in this universe are like, there are 
other places besides work to be, you know, right. Um, there's more to life than advertising basically. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I put down, um, no one knows. So we cut back to Don and he's in bed with this younger woman and, um, no one knows, you know, we learn very quickly. No one there knows who Don is. You know, she says like, everyone thinks you might be, you know, uh, undercover from Detroit to find out about our cars or whatever. And, um, and clearly she wants to get paid for having sex with him. And, um, so Don is basically the same person, right? Like he's in this whole new universe, but he's still a mysterious figure who isn't letting people know about himself and is, you know, um, having sex and paying money for it. Um, and so, you know, again, like this show often begs the question, can people change? And, you know, we're pretty quickly getting the sense that Don has completely changed his universe. He's run away from work. He's run away from his family. He's in this on the complete opposite side of the country. And yet he's the exact same person. Right. Yeah. He doesn't change. He just keeps going. Um, which, you know, it's fairly true to life. I think too, like it is hard to change. It is, but you do have to keep going. And we, we, we were talking about, um, because we had to start recording again because I don't know how to work a computer. Um, we were talking about the conversation he has with Stephanie, um, which is the same conversation he had with Peggy back in the first season, which is just keep going and you'll forget. You'll be surprised by how quickly you forget that this ever happened. Um, Cause she, she's um, she's had to leave her baby or her baby's been taken away from her. Um, and she's in this, they're at this retreat that she, she wants to go to and he follows her to the retreat and they're in a group session. And this mean asshole woman, Angie tells her, uh, that it makes her sad to hear about Stephanie leaving her baby and Stephanie gets upset and leaves the meeting and Don follows her out and gives her this the the Peggy speech um and she says I, I I don't think you're right about that when he's when he tells her to just keep going and she'll forget about it and these people don't know what they're talking about what is what I wrote it down he tells her um you he, he says you weren't raised with Jesus you don't know what happens to people oh, yeah. who believe in things I wrote that line down too for <laughs> sure <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but she t- she tells him that she that he's wrong that right. he's like I I don't think you're right about that, uh, which I think she's right because I don't think he's ever actually forgotten anything right like he's been running this whole show um, up until this moment he runs away from everything consistently we've seen Don sort of like blow up his own life and start again um, but he never does seem to really forget you know what he's running from. Um, True. I mean, I don't think that you can completely forget and completely put things behind you, but there's not really another option. Right. Because what ends up happening to him is he becomes paralyzed at at some point in the episode. He has a panic attack, which he's had before, although it's not really recognized as a panic attack because 
people didn't know what that was back then. But he feels like he can't move forward. He he tell he literally tells someone, "I can't move." Um, and it's not until you know he is able to move again that he kind of has his next you know dawn moment. Right. Yeah. And I think um, one of the things like going back to the group therapy sort of situation or whatever you would call it, the group where everybody was talking, um, one of the things that stood out to me. So some of the themes that stand out in this episode is one, like, can people change? Probably not. But and that's a consistent theme throughout Mad Men. But also, like, what are relationships and can people actually relate to one another or are they just because that whole group therapy session, it was basically like everyone was just projecting like they were trying to work out their own shit by just projecting their shit onto the other people in the circle. Um, and you know, like Stephanie being like, I'm feeling like y'all are judging me because I've always felt judged, you know? And then that woman saying like, I feel like, you know, your son is your child is going to be, um, devastated by not having a mom because I didn't have a mom, you know, like everyone seems to just be like projecting onto each other and not really interacting with, um, the other people in the room for who they really are. Um, and I think that that's another like consistent theme in this episode is people projecting on each other and trying to work out their shit without really ever knowing, um, one another, you know, just kind of thinking about themselves and their relationships. But that, and that, that ends up working for Don because he hears Leonard talking, uh, about being, on a refrigerator shelf and everybody outside is eating and having a good time. And then he's in the dark refrigerator and somebody opens the door and it's light. And then he doesn't get chosen and the door is shut and it's dark again. And something in that clicks with Don and he gets up and hugs him, which is kind of Don's, you know, breakthrough moment. Right. Yeah. I love this quote from Leonard during that speech. Um, he says, you spend your whole life uh, thinking people don't um, thinking that people aren't giving it to you. And then you realize that they're trying and you don't know what it is. Um, And I thought that that was uh, again, sort of like that question of like, whether or not people can relate to one another for who they are, if we're all just sort of like acting out of our own selves, you know? And yeah, that sort of like that whole thing with Leonard talking about like not feeling special, not feeling seen. And and Don comes forward to him sort of almost like in a trance is like when he first gets up, like he, you know, it's just sort of like drawn to this person and they end up hugging and sobbing together. Yeah. Yeah, it was really powerful. It was, uh, you know, Don was emotional in this episode and uh, really three different scenes um, where, you know, he, he really seemed like stuff was catching up with him, I guess, like kind of his cool, his coolness and his persona that he's, you know, held onto for all this time, both in the, the conversations on the phone with Betty and with Peggy, uh, where he's kind of broken a little bit. And then in this moment with Leonard, where, you know, you, it's not really about Leonard. I mean, it is, I mean, Don is empathizing with someone, which is not Don's strong suit. (laughs) Um, 
but he himself is also like really emotionally not changed, but affected by, by what Leonard had said. Yeah. And I'm, I I think too, though, like this is not the first time I think in the series that we've seen Don kind of have a breakdown and um, like, I think it kind of leads up to this, like, it feels like he's having this moment of a, an epiphany and change. And then we get to the end and um, he's, you know, meditating and he's uh, and he's um, and he, he gets this like sort of knowing smile on his face as he's meditating. And we hear the guy leading the meditation say a new day and new ideas, a new you. Um, and it feels very fresh and clean and he's come through to the other side. Um, and then we see the, the famous Coke, uh, advertisement. I'd like to teach the world to sing sort of play. Right. And I think, I mean, I think some people would argue this ending is ambiguous, but I really feel like it's trying to say, cause earlier in the episode, Peggy was like, don't you want to work on Coke? And I really right. think that they were trying to point us at like Don had this breakthrough. And so what does he do? He just comes up with like this new <laughs> advertising campaign um, right. around his sort of breakdown and breakthrough. Right. Like, yeah, yeah absolutely. I don't, I, I think it's 100% what it is. And right. it's, it's him taking this personal moment and commodifying, commodifying it <laughs> um, <laughs> and turning it into work. And making this gigantic, successful ad campaign. And there were, um, you know, he works on a Coke machine. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's this episode or the previous episode. And when the the meeting that he runs out of uh, a couple of episodes ago, there are Coke cans all over the table. Um, and then Joan and her boyfriend do Coke <laughs> while they're on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I hadn't even thought about that tying into the the Coke motif. Uh, yeah, they don't, for sure. they don't call it Coke, but they call it cocaine. But we all I know it's like, Coke. I feel like I've just gotten some very good news. Um, <laughs> I love Joan so much; like she's literally the best. Um, uh, and and she, she gets to have uh, start her own company. Yes, I. Uh, you know, talking about some of the other characters endings, like her, her ending all like always has felt very right on to me. And I love it. Um, I think yeah. it's perfect and I love it for her. Um, I think it's exactly where she wants to be. Um, you know, right up until the end, like Ken contacted her almost in a secretarial role. Like, Hey, can you connect me to somebody that was a good producer for this project? And she does the Joan thing where she just like, takes it on and does the work and proves that she can do it instead. Um, right. And ends up, you know, starting her own company with Peggy, which I think is really uh, a perfect ending for Joan and always has made me really happy. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I only wish that Peggy had gone with her. Yeah, I know that's like, and that's the thing too, is like we see Peggy's hesitation when Joan goes to her and asks her to start this company with her. And it's the same old Peggy thing, right? Where it's like Peggy is once is such a, like, you know, she's, I think she's always, while she's very good at being aggressive, she's also very risk averse. Right. Um, yeah. So I think that you see that play out in that conversation. And ultimately what happens. Yeah, I think so. And she, and she sort of, you know, 
gets her validation by getting approval from other people in some respects, right. especially, especially men. And she wasn't going to have that <laughs> with, with Joan. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I have a question for you about Peggy's ending. Cause I've never really loved the, her and Stan thing. Um, yeah. what's your feeling about it? It's, it's a bit corny. Yeah. I think, I think in some ways it works. Um, Cause I think they, they do have an interesting relationship and an interesting dynamic. I think the way that they happen, the way that it happened was a little fast. Yeah. Like there's, they haven't really, I don't really feel like they laid the foundation for it. Like there's never really been much outside of the time when uh, she takes off her clothes <laughs> when, they, <laughs> when they're first starting to work together. Um, there's not really been any flirtation between them. Right. I mean, I think we've seen them always be like really leaning on each other, which I guess could grow into a romantic relationship, you know, like when um, a couple of seasons ago, she would call him in the middle of the night or whatever, whenever she had a problem. And, um, but yeah, it, the, the way that it happened felt very like rom-com ish, you know, like, I think I, for sure. I love you. Oh, I think I love you too. And then like, so the pacing of it was just kind of off for the show in general. Um, and it just really felt like they were just throwing fans a bone like, oh, this will probably make people happy. I mean, I don't hate it. It's just like I just never loved it. I know some people were like, oh, yay, Stan and Peggy got together. But I just have never really like loved that um, for her. Or for Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, I, I think it was, it's a, it's a little forced and it's a little bit of fan service, but it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, we see sort of like the last uh, few beats of the episode are like, um, we see Pete and Trudy getting on the private jet to go to Pete's new gig. They're back together. They look like the all American, you know, climbing this, the ladder couple, which is perfect for them and exactly who right. they are, you know, uh, yeah, Joan is running her business out of her apartment. Um, Sally is washing dishes while Betty smokes and is dying. As you said in our previous, <laughs> what did you say in our previous iteration? <laughs> so <of the> she, <laughs> will, she will eat. She will always be dying <laughs> of lung cancer because they didn't have her die on screen. She's just always going to be dying of lung cancer. <laughs> I mean, it feels like a fitting end for poor Betty. I mean, I, it feels like the show really hates her. <laughs> I know. And you know, it's funny. I actually really, all the women on this show, the women characters, I really feel them and I really love them all in different ways for different reasons. Um, yeah. And I know a lot of people just sort of like hate Betty and I actually don't. I just really think that like, Betty is very much of her time and was sort of trapped, you know, in this life um, based on expectation and, and background and time and the way she was raised and all that stuff. So I have like a lot of actual love for Betty. Yeah. And that's interesting, you know, because she is of a time and right up to the end, she is still of that time. A lot of the characters have moved forward though. Don was one of the last, I think, to really make a move forward. But I think, by this episode, you know, he's, he's wearing, I mean, he's dressed like a lumberjack. Basically. He's wearing <laughs> plaid and jeans. Right. And then with his epiphany at the end where he, you know, he's buying into the seventies, you know, I want to buy the world a Coke 
sing in harmony and you know he's he's kind of stepped forward in his thinking a little bit um where he hadn't previously he had he was kind of stuck in the past himself right uh, and i think like <laughs> i love the the bits with roger and uh marie megan's mom uh i think that's a really fun couple um <laughs> there's, there's one part where he's he's mad at her because she's seen her her estranged husband and roger's afraid that she's slept with him and he <laughs> they're in bed together and he tells her she tells him to sleep on the sofa the television's in there that's your friend <laughs> <laughs> but then at the end they've reconciled and they're at a restaurant and they're ordering you know uh champagne he, he says he orders champagne for his mother uh and she says <laughs> in French. um and they're just they're you know he seems to have um progressed if not changed but you know he's dating someone who's age appropriate right and he even makes jokes about his own age and their own age and he's not uh he's he's not precisely the same roger anymore right he seems at the very least like to accept where he is right yeah. like it's it's sort of like maybe that thing also that happens as people get older where it's like you stop you stop trying you stop trying to change things around you because you're it's sort of like at this point you know there's uh there's just not the energy for it right um much better to sort of accept where your life is right now and just enjoy it um which he seems to be doing very much so with Marie so they're adorable for sure and i love when he tells he goes by Joan's apartment to tell her that he wants to put Kevin in his will and he tells her like um that he's dating Megan's mother and they both have this lovely laugh together. And she's like, Oh, that's amazing. What a mess. And they just chuckle. And like, I just love that too. Like sort of, there's also this theme throughout the whole episode where you see certain relationships that have, have come full circle and have really healed. Like there's the moment when Pete goes by to say, you know, to have, um, they're supposed to have lunch, a goodbye lunch, like him and Peggy and, uh, what's his name? The annoying guy, Harry, Harry. Harry. And, uh, and Peggy and Pete have this sort of like lovely moment together, you know, where they just like, gives her a cactus. Yeah. (laughs) And you can see that they really appreciate each other and that, and that all the stuff with them is pretty much healed. Um, right. So, yeah. Um, And, uh, oh, and I just, I wanted to, I know I said this in the previous iteration of this episode, but, um, (laughs) the episode is called person to person. And, um, one of the things that I kind of got out of it this time around was that it is like a series of, it's a series of sort of like one on a lot of one-on-one conversations. Not all the conversations are one-on-one, but it is very much about, it's about that relating thing. And it's also like in, in certain instances, it's sort of like, and these two people are talking and now one of those people is talking to this other person and having a one-on-one and sort of like sharing, you know, you kind of see um, a series of like people um, relating to each other in different contexts. And that very much feels like the rhythm of the episode. So I thought that that was just a nice, a nice sort of like title. And then, um, you know, the way the episode kind of played out was very worked well together. 
Yeah, it, and, and and you mentioned there. There's a lot of just one-on-one interaction, like, <laughs> and there's the uh, the scene in the at the retreat place where everybody's like walking around, and then they're supposed to stop and look at the person nearest them, and express how that person makes you feel without words, and then the woman just shoves Don. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everybody else is like two people hug and the guy leading the thing is like, is does that feel honest? You know, like <laughs> that was then, such a weird line. <laughs> do, do hugs feel honest? <laughs> and then like uh Stephanie and the guy she's facing are like stroking each other's faces, and then yeah, the city <laughs> right. just like shoves Dawn. And it felt kind of really super perfect because I think part of the question that I always had in this in this series is like is Don, we see Don be human um, a lot throughout the series. And we also see him be very closed off and unable to relate to people a lot throughout the series. And we also see like one of the central themes, obviously of advertising in general is like manipulating people. Right. And like manipulating truth. And so I always, I feel like the, the last episode still leaves us hanging on like, did Don really like have a breakdown and then get built back up to like a new and improved Don, or is he just like, has he just learned how to manipulate better? You know, has he just like learned how to, um, or like, has he just kind of had a crack for a moment and then come back stronger than ever as like the Don of advertising, the Don of manipulation, the Don of, of lying. Um, yeah. And I don't, well, we get the answer and I kind of like that about the yeah i i think that you know you said that people can't change and i think that to some extent the show that that is what the show shows us but i also think that don has i mean he hasn't become you know a 180 uh of, of what he was before you know he hasn't completely changed but he has improved i think over the years and I think this is one more small improvement. Mm-hmm. I think I think that he has learned it's and he has gotten better. He is essentially the same person, but I think that he has learned better how to relate to people. He has learned better what he cannot do, what behaviors um he he may gravitate toward that are not acceptable and that should be different. Uh, I think he has, he has learned if not completely changed. Yeah. And I also, in this moment, like I hadn't thought about this before, but now that you're saying that, like, I also wonder too, cause like early, early, early in the episode, he calls Betty to let her know that he knows that she's dying. And he says, I have to come home. I have to come home. I have to take care of my children. And she's like, why would you do that? You know, that's not, that's not who you are, basically. Right. She's like, I, w- I want to keep things normal and right. you not being here is normal. And he kind of just is like, I mean, he's emotional, but ultimately he's kind of like, okay, yes. I mean, that's kind of the, yeah. basically what happens. And I think, I wonder too, sort of like thinking about like the way that we saw Roger's storyline play out and some of the things that we've said about folks on this episode. I wonder too, if like, becoming a better person is actually more about just accepting your 
accepting your foibles, like accepting your character flaws and like not fighting them so hard, not trying so hard to like be different, but just like accepting who you are and maybe even like leaning into that somewhat, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause it kind of feels like that's also what's happening with some of these characters is just like acceptance of themselves rather than actually like being all the way different, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand that. And like that kind of goes back to, so I only know this because Netflix, you know how like they play like the auto preview or whatever, whenever you have the series up. And so when you have Mad Men up, it like auto plays the speech that Don gives in the very first episode where he's like, advertising is about happiness, you know, or whatever. <laughs> right. And, um, and what is happiness? Happiness is like, and, and ultimately he, you know, he talks about happiness is like, basically knowing that whatever you're doing, it's okay. Um, if you're like smoking, it's okay. If you're driving down the highway with your mistress in your convertible, it's okay. Like you are okay is what happiness is. And that is advertising. And like thinking about that for in that very first episode, in the context of this episode, I think was like a nice little like loop to close almost. Um, Cause it feels like everyone in this episode is like searching for that acceptance of being okay. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think for the most part, uh, you know, we don't get the, the, um, six feet under ending, but it seems like everybody's most everybody, except for dying Betty, um, <laughs> are, <laughs> are, are looking toward happiness. <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels like everybody is very hopeful, right? In this episode, yeah. that was definitely one of the things that I wrote down was that it feels like everybody's like super chipper and hopeful about their futures. Um, yeah. Did you like the ending? Did you like the Coke commercial ending? I did. I did. You know, I think it was, I mean, how do you end a show like this, right? And like, Ending things is hard, I think, in general, and people are just generally not always going to love endings of things. Um, But I think, again, it made sense to me, and I always like a little ambiguity. And while I don't think there's ambiguity around whether or not Don wrote the Coke commercial, I -hmm. think there's ambiguity around, like, what this all means for who Don is now, right? And so I kind of just, like, love that hanging question. Um, How about you? I, I really liked it. Uh, I thought it was pretty much perfect um, because it, there is that ambiguity because on the one hand, he's taken this message of love and enlightenment <laughs> and is using it to sell Coke. I mean, it's so done, right? It's like <laughs> it so is. done. And that like the, the two little dings, which just don't even, I don't know where they're supposed to have in reality come from. <laughs> But they're obviously him getting an idea and then the little smile that he has and then it just goes right into that commercial. And yeah, it just, it felt perfect to me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I could see how people might feel like the Coke commercial aspect was like maybe a little, I don't know, heavy handed. I could see somebody making that argument. I would disagree though. I think it like, um, I think it definitely, yeah, it's pretty much perfect. So yeah. But then again, I like the Sopranos ending and lots of people don't like that either. So I, I liked I liked it, too. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. 
No, I'm just kidding. I won't spoil Sopranos for all of you out there. If you haven't watched it yet, you need to get on that shit. Um, Cool. Well, I think we covered everything. I think so. Hopefully it recorded. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know. I I tested this on uh, Friday. Tested out how to record again. And everything was working. And now it's not. So hopefully... There's audio. If you're listening to this, then there's audio. Well, and if you're not listening to this, Brian, it's been lovely spending some time on the Skype <laughs> talking about Mad Men, like old times. Like old times. <laughs> um, we have nothing. I have nothing to plug. Do you have anything to plug? I don't. I don't have anything to plug. <laughs> well, uh, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, I guess we enjoyed will... the blast from the past. Yeah. Uh, Bye. Bye.